Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Carmel Macchiato? That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere and tolerate If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them, especially with women. Stories just hold essences that bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose. Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where we'll talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, that is. I feel a need to say that since I am doing a live broadcast from the hot city, not Windy City, but the hot city of Chicago, Illinois. Shout out to all the Chi-Town people that are tuning in with us today and supporting this broadcast. And you know what? The topic that we're going to discuss today is relevant not only in Atlanta, not only in D.C., my hometown, but also in most major cities. Our topic today is policing the black community. So, as always, grab your favorite morning beverage and get ready for this conversation. Now, for those of you who are tuning in through Facebook Live, feel free to tap in where you're listening from. Um, As we talk through these experiences of policing the black community, be ready to chime in. But you can also dial in and get your voices heard, and that's 347-855-8743. Don't be afraid of the mic. Call in so we can get your comments on the air. Otherwise, utilize our Facebook Live service to stay connected with the conversation. All right, police in the black community is our topic this morning. And uh, before we bring on our guests, let me uh, bring to Studio Cafe my right-hand man, Brandon B. Good morning, B. How are you? What up, what up, what up? Good morning. Everything is good. I love it. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, um, I'm uh, in Florida, right? And the craziest thing happened, and I, I think it was the funniest thing. So I'm not afraid of lizards or anything like that, or snakes or whatnot. It's just, it is what it is out here. But love is petrified of these things. And while we were out on the back patio, a lizard, like, literally jumped right into her lap and, I didn't. I think we maybe have a new WNBA player because she must have like hit like the second story of the house and like started like scaling the building like Spider Man or something like that. It was great. I mean, I, I I tried to record it, but it was too late. So you know, but um, more to follow on lizards and their uh, and their habits, right? Maybe we need to do a show on that. How to respond to that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna throw one at her later. I'm gonna see what she does. We record that one. The uh, footage that comes. Uh, you are so cool. You're so cool. Well, we married now. I get away with stuff like that now. So, story. Who, who, who do we have uh, with us in the cafe today? Uh, you did tell me that this was going to be crazy and this is going to be one of those conversations. Every time you preface it with one of those conversations, I know that I'm in for a wild ride. So who's who's with us today? 
you know, we have, um, given that we're having this topic on policing, you know, I, I, I you know, I did my due diligence, I did my homework, and I tried to find a seasoned person in the force who can speak to us on such issues. And not only is he seasoned in service as a police officer, but he, he's also, he has experience in leadership. He's, um, he has experience working in the community. He has experience uh, dealing with issues. And he's also teaching seminars and classes of how to respond in certain situations. So let me bring him on. Um, let's turn up his mic, give him high volume, because we want to hear every word this man has to say. And let's welcome to the cafe. Commander, 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 right? I'm so proud of this brother. But Commander Tyrus Holloman, welcome to the show, Tyrus. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. Thank you for having me. Uh, to you, Brandon and Soy, it's a beautiful thing. It's a blessing to be a part of the cafe this morning, and I'm excited to share some profound information to our community. And first, I'd like to say congratulations to the show. You guys are doing a wonderful job, and I applaud you each and every day. I pray for the success, and mainly because you guys are the voice of our community keeping it fresh as far as issues that we're able to encounter. And so that way you guys are keeping it fresh throughout the community. So I applaud you. Keep up the great work. And I so heartily, heartily appreciate you guys. Just keep it up. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So, Tyrus, you have been in the police business for 20 years servicing. So thank you for servicing our community. We're glad that you're here. Um, to be able to share your experience with us this morning. But can you take us, I want my audience to know a little bit more about your background, and can you give us a quick snapshot of your 20 years of service in two minutes? you think you could do that? Yeah, of course I could do that. I can, I can handle anything you want me to. So basically, just to start back real quick, um, my name is Horace Holloman, as you already know. I'm originally from New York. I grew up in Brooklyn and Queens, New York. And after my years of growing up in the inner city of New York, uh, which gave me a lot of experience uh, to the person who I am today, I transitioned to the military. And that was really good because that was the ability for me to actually instill discipline, all right? And so in my years of in the military, I had the opportunity of becoming a drill sergeant. I served in Desert Shield, Desert Storm on the front line. Um, and then I was able to train hundreds of soldiers, uh, civilians into soldiers in my course in the military at that time. So I did 12 years total service in the military. From there, I transitioned to college. Upon completion of college, then I knew my passion was all about serving the community, serving the public, right? And so what that allowed me to instill into the direction of public service, which became law enforcement. That's when I moved to Atlanta, how Atlanta, how Atlanta was a spot and a place to be back then, right after the Olympics, of land of opportunity for the color of advantage of that opportunity. I moved to Atlanta in 1998. And I was blessed to give it the opportunity to get on with Martin Police Department back in 1998. And from there, I served in Martin Police about 12 years. After that, uh, Clark Atlanta University, Spelman College. And now today, I'm serving as commander of uh, Atlanta Public School Police Department, uh, giving back and serving our community of our students. Yes. That's uh, That's well, definitely thank you for your service and, and, and all aspects of your service. That's that's an awesome resume. And um, I know that you'll never, ever receive enough 
thanks for your worth, but allow us to take the first step and say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you. Sorry, what has been your your challenge um, as personally, before we kind of get into the whole aspect of policing, what has been your personal challenges as as an officer of color in, in the police department? So within the police department, the challenge, I say personally for me, is getting a buy-in from each officer to buy into the vision, to buy into the platform of why we signed up and raised our right hand to sworn to uphold and protect our communities and the constitutional rights of everybody in the community. So just 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 that buy-in where everybody's operating on the same accord to be driven towards that same vision and to accomplish that same goal as for us protecting and serving community. Because we as people, we have different traits, different personalities, different backgrounds, different cultures. And so we have one goal. That's the number one challenge is bringing everybody in from those different backgrounds to service that number one same goal in congruence based on why we are there. I feel I feel Brandon ready to chime in. So, Brandon, oh, yeah. you want you want oh, to yeah. take us? So, well, here here's my question, right? So, in the in the wake of all of the questions that everybody I'm sure is brewing with, no pun intended, what was the history behind it? Like, so how did we go from the idea of the police to where we are now? Um, and, and that's a two-sided question because some communities, I think that the police are great, and in other communities, I think that the police abuse their power. So how do we start off from the idea of a police force or police and get to where we are now? And is it better than original you know, or, 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 or worse, in your opinion? Right. So um, two-part question to that. And so let me, let me start from the beginning of police, the history of police, if I may. Um, Brandon. So you have to look mm-hmm. at it in the retrospect of when policing was started, right? Back in 19, mm-hmm. correction, 1797 in Philly, uh, Pennsylvania, that was the first um, organized police department. But even before mm-hmm. that, police worked on plantations to track down slaves. Then it was called watchmen. Then after that, they became the title of neighborhood watch, as well as watching the neighborhoods and the communities. And then the transition to the Jim Crow laws, Right, so mm-hmm. what that ha- what happened with that? Police was not based on the right side of justice back then. Okay, and then we fast forward. Then people became afraid of the police because of the history and the cultures. Other cultures, not even just here in the United States, but other cultures, do not trust the police because they are oppressed because of what goes on in their communities and their culture, as for corruption. And then also we have to look at the aspect of police worked alongside soldiers during the Holocaust time, which is the Jews mm-hmm. as far as the uh, death camps and death squad. But the police is a part of that, right? So then as we mm-hmm. continue to move forward in history, um, the role of police officers, we try to get to and establish legally based on the constitutional rights as for us to uphold the Constitution of the United States protecting rights. That's the foundation of where we are now. 
However, there is a challenge to allow that to happen on a day-to-day basis, which is allowed to for, for consistency because the, some of the things I named before during the history. But I think today we're a lot better because police are held more accountable ever than before. We're not completely there yet, but we have made progress. We just have to continue to stay on course to see it all the way through where we're able to have that mindset, change the mindset based on the perception of people and how to see about police. Then you look at our our kids. When I go to these schools, like elementary school, they love us. Mm -hmm. I go to the schools in uniform, they love us. From like elementary school, but unfortunately, when they make they make they transit to middle school, there's a profound difference based on how they look at police. Why is that? The reason why is because kids are trained and taught to not like the police and not trust the police for various reasons. But it yeah, happens, right. unfortunately, especially in so, our communities. And I, and 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 that's. And it's it's crazy that you should say that because that's exactly where I was going. So as a kid, you know, my my father was a cop, and um, he was a he he reached the rank of sergeant as well. But um, as a as a young baby, right, or as a toddler, I used to love cops, and and then mm-hmm. as I got older, something happened, and they became the bad guy, right? And I don't right. know if that's a socioeconomical thing, or if it's just that they look, you know, and, and by they I mean police, look at other individuals, especially, you know, respectfully, black men, as a threat. And so where does that come from? Like, is there – now, I've, I've been to um, civilian boards where we, we watch some of the police training and they actually put you in a uh, – you know, they give you a, a, a demonstration gun and put a vest on you and then say, okay, now go and respond to this threat, and you go in, and, like, every every turn you take, you know, this officer down is, is the point that they want to show you how dangerous it is. And so I totally get that, and I totally get the job. Um, I, I also understand that it's incredibly dangerous. But, and I guess I'm going to just direct the question here, how do you, how do you, how do you see um, a Philando, I think his name is Philando Castro killing, like, how do, how do you see that? Because from my point of view, there, there was there was no reason for that, you know. How, but how do you see it from you know a police officer's eye? Well, protocol. Take us to protocol. Like like what 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 should happen, and and, and what are the policemen trained to do? So first, uh, uh, much respect and honor to your dad for serving. Um, just want to honor that real quick. And so to answer your question, so you're right, Brandon, training and how officers are trained is a dangerous job, right? When we wake up, dress up, put the, the, the bulletproof vest on, right, and our duty belt, and we go out and serve. We wake up, we don't have the intentions of going out trying to kill someone. That's not the mindset, right, for all police right. officers. However, there are situations that may occur where you may be placed in a use of force, use of deadly force situation in a matter of seconds. And so with that being said, the only thing we have in our training, we have to respond based on the actions, based on what's given to us, then we have to react. So actions is always faster than reaction. 
So you 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 mm-hmm. asking humans, the human brain, the human mindset, to make a life or death decision in a matter of a half a second to two seconds. That is very challenging because your stress level goes so high. Now you're trying to figure out what do I do? Do I shoot? Not shoot to save my life or to save the life of somebody else? And all that is going through the mindset quickly, and because you don't have a whole lot of time to respond and react to that situation. And we're talking about split seconds. And so what that mm-hmm. what what we always look and train to watch the hands, the body language. There is fear because we're human. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna receive fear first, and you hope that the fear that you receive, that your training, which will kick in will allow you to make the right decision to keep yourself safe and the safety of others from the, the, the obstacle or the threat that's in front of you, right? So we right. train to watch their hands. We train to watch the body movement and reaction of the personnel who we're encountering. So it goes back to how do we react when it comes to law enforcement. Unfortunately, today and ever before, People do not respect authority, and that's a major challenge, and it's killing us because we are so quick to contest. Back then, when when people were really afraid of police, what would you do when you was a kid? You used to go the other way, or you right. if you got stopped, yes, officer, no, officer, and you kept it pushing, right, hoping that they wouldn't right. do anything else other than that. But now everybody, not everybody, but the majority of people, their first reaction response is, to contest, to argue, to disrespect, to fight, to shoot, to do whatever it is to law enforcement. So we had a disadvantage because, as I stated before, action is faster than reaction. And so um, it's a challenge. And I definitely definitely can understand that. Uh, I, I used to be a bodyguard, right? And so in our executive protection training is a lot like, law enforcement training because mm-hmm. you have to respond to a threat, right? Um, and right. so the difference is, is that I, I have a person that's not trained specifically with me, and I have to care for that person. So uh, in, in, a, in a lethal force situation, we, we don't have – so we don't have the option to act with impunity, and do you think that hinders the police force now? Because it seems like in a lot of a lot of – police shootings or officer-involved shootings that of unarmed black men specifically, there was no threat there. There was no immediate, clear, and present danger. So from my civilian eyes, it looks like an abuse of power. And I don't, you know, do you, do you agree that in some situations there have been abuses of power? Now, I know you did yeah, touch I, on corruption, but. Right. So I, I would have to agree with you in that aspect. And so just keeping things in perspective and hindsight, there are bad apples in all professions in this society, mm-hmm. right? So are there bad Absolutely. cops out there who make bad decisions? Absolutely, right? That's a small percentage, right? right? And so in any profession, your profession, um, you know, soy's profession, any profession, there's bad apples. Unfortunately, in our profession, it gets heightened because we're talking about life or death, Right. Right. When those app bad out the surface and it's magnanimity, video, audio, whatever the case may be, and it's like, oh my God, it's a shock. Like, what are you doing? They're killing us for no reason, right? So, yeah, there are or can be and will be isolated situations, but the majority 
because you have to look at it like what actually happened from the beginning because what they show on depict on the screen of our when we turn on our TV that's just a small capture event of the whole not the whole event so they're not going to show everything that led up into that final stage I totally agree and that's the reason why you see off right and that's why you see officers who are clear from something that's shocking to the conscious mindset of the public because there's a lot more that transpired before that and then it became it becomes justified Right. So, okay. so. All right. So, let me ask. Okay, so, I asked about the, the the protocol so that we can clearly understand what the police officer is doing. And if, and if people don't get anything else from this show, I really want people to walk away from understanding what is the protocol of the officer. So, you, you mentioned that officers are trained to observe body language. Okay. So, as they approach um, a, a situation, what what should happen then? Because what I see. And, and, and I know that there, there are racist cops. I know that we're dealing with um, racial inequality through all areas. But, you know, I come from the area of law, and, and, and I deal with injustice there, how the law is applied to black people or white persons or people of different color and race. So I, I get that. But what I want people to get and what I want to get is a full understanding of what is the protocol. Because when I watch and observe things on TV, I see um, a white cop approach a situation with someone crazy. You know, it's people out there, mass murderers, who are killing people in school with, with, with guns, and they're talking them down, whereas the, the black person doesn't get that opportunity to talk with. So what what should be happening? Um, after you, I know you guys have taught to observe body language, but what's the protocol to um, observing the threat, reducing the threat? What what should happen, theoretically, in a perfect so, world? What, what should the number one goal for all officer officers is control, right? We want control of the situation. We're not going out looking for situations. We actually would like to have a shift that nothing happens, everything's peaceful. We wake up, serve the community, and come back home the same way where we left, right? But unfortunately in our society, things happen. And that's the reason why we have law enforcement. So, so imagine without police, how this society would be. It'd be chaos, right? So when we get called to a situation, it's only because something happened. Something happened. Somebody called the police. And so when the police responds, our number one goal is safety first for the officer, safety for the individuals that we encounter, right? And then control. We all about trying to de-escalate the situation, right? So unfortunately, sometimes the situation escalates before it can be de-escalated based on the actions of the individual. And if we're talking about a divided perception between color and non-color as far as white officers versus blacks, right? So you have to understand, they may not always know or familiar, or become familiar with our culture because, one, we are emotional people, right? We may dress a certain way. We may act a certain way. We may speak a certain way, but we don't really mean no harm, but it's the perception of, we talk about racism, may not be accustomed to that, and they may see that as a threat, as a challenge, as being contested, as for now the officer may be fearful for his or her safety. So that's how things now become into the avenue of escalation and things become out of control. So I would say to all people, especially the people of color, we have to learn more and be in tune with emotional intelligence, right? especially when we encounter by 
law enforcement officials. We have to tone it down, pipe it down, relax, comply, because even if the officer is doing something wrong, violating your civil rights or whatever the case may be, still comply. Fight it later on in court. You know, there's opportunity to fight it in court as far as lawsuits, civil liability, or even in the justice system. But you able to live another day for you and for that officer. So it's about emotional intelligence. And what, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is the ability to manage oneself and interact with others in a mature and constructive ways. For example, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship management. That's the ingredients to control our emotions when we are put in a position that we are comfortable with. And so I think that's the success of it, where you will see a reduction in crime against people of color or the death and murders that we may want to call it and people dying unnecessarily so early because of our emotions getting out of control. And, and sorry, I think you may mention about the difference between active shooters as far as if they white or black, right? So if you look at the history of active shooters, typically active shooters don't, it's not admitted by people of color, right? Active shooter, even though there's no certain mindset of, category that what an active shooter look like because it can come from anybody, females, males, white males, Hispanics, blacks, don't matter. But statistics is pre pretty much is predominantly white males. But the role of an active shooter based on statistics, when they encounter law enforcement, after they finish doing what they seek out to do as for killing soft targets, which is people who can't defend themselves, once the police encounter by police, they normally typically one will shoot them to kill themselves, right, or surrender. So that's why you don't see a lot of force on force with active shooters between the police and that, that assailant. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? We, uh, luckily, you know, this, this, this show is going to continue. Um, this, is the police, this is the show titled Police in the Black Community Part 1. We're going to do a three-part segment. Uh, today our goal was to talk about um, the history of police, which was, which was a very good conversation, and, and how to um, respond. We still want to talk a little bit more about the protocol, and we're going to do that, and we're going to continue that conversation on Facebook Live. But before we end the blog talk segment of the radio program, um, would you please tell us where people can give more information about youth hours and, and about the training that, that you're offering? And we have about two minutes left on the show, so we need to try her and oh, get wow. that off the air. Before. Okay, great, great. That was fat. I wish we could continue. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, how you can reach out to me, um, I'm on Facebook, Taurus Holloman, and also my email address is Taurus Holloman 1. I spell it T-A-R-A-S-H-O-L-L-O-M-A-N 1, numeric 1, at gmail.com. Um, I also give you my direct phone number, 404 Eight, five, and I'm definitely available to come to you to train your staff, your community, as for as your church, whatever the case may be, and I can train you for free, CRACE, which is Civilian Response to Active Shooting Events. It's like a two-hour block of instruction, and I would love the opportunity to come train because with that, we'd be able to pick up and gather safety measures to keep ourselves safe as far as if we should be put into a stressful situation 
um, such as a shooting or any case dealing with use of deadly force. All right. What? Uh, what you know? What we're going to have um, Commander Holliman come back when we do our other segments of the show. He has so much more experience and so much more to share. So, you guys on Facebook Live, stay with us. We're going to continue this conversation. As for Blog Talk Radio, it's been wonderful. We appreciate um, you tuning in with us on air. We'll see you next Saturday right here on Talking Talk with Joy. Thank you so much, and have a great Saturday. Thank you. I just love this show Coffee Talk with Soy That is your new morning show Where real talk happens every Saturday at 10am I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests For joining me in the cafe today What a wonderful time we had Yes indeed, yes indeed Don't forget to download the app Coffee Talk with Soy from your app store It's available on iTunes and Google Play Stay connected, stay connected folks By visiting the website CoffeeTalkWithSoy.com As well as looking for us Under your social media sites We're on Facebook, Twitter And Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy Remember the size of the problem Is never the issue Remember it's the size of you Be great because you are awesome. Tell them Soy said so. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye.